0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.
1: What's keeping you from being the best you can be? Whatever the issue, you can clear that obstacle and come out swinging. Welcome to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanacola. On today's show, we will feature guest experts who can bring you the tools and ideas that you need to take the next step to your personal success. Now, here is Dr. Linda Sanicola.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about one simple question you can use to change the way you think. My guest is Aura Nadrich, a certified life coach, certified mindfulness meditation teacher, and author of Says Who How One Simple Question Can Change the Way You Think Forever. She is a frequent blogger for Huffington Post and has been on their live segments as a mindfulness meditation expert. Her work has also been featured in numerous publications such as Women's Health, Elevated Existence, Yahoo Health, Conscious Lifestyle Magazine, Success Magazine, LA Yoga Magazine, West Coast Magazine, Mind Body Green, Mama Glow, and several other publications. Aura has a background in the technology of change, Kabbalah, Jungian analysis, and cognitive behavioral therapy, and has integrated Aspects of her extensive psycho-spiritual studies in her work as a life coach She facilitated a popular women's group for several years and leads workshops on living a mindful life Conscious manifestation and has a new series called Mindfulness Matters at the Den Meditation Studio in Los Angeles.
3: Welcome, Aura. Hello, Dr. Linda
2: you know, you have—you're quite a busy lady.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Hearing you say all that, I was thinking that myself. <laughs> yes. You know,
2: um, like so many of my guests, I realized that the, your path to being uh, a meditation teacher and a life coach and an author was not linear. You didn't start out as uh, with aspirations to be a life coach. I know you had a different career before this. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey?
3: I did have a different career. I've had a few along the way, uh, although I will say that I've always been a very um, curious uh, person my whole life, even as a young girl, and I would call myself a seeker starting very young. I wanted to know about, you know, what makes us who we are and what's this thing called life all about. So I look back and I think, you know, I really had the makings of somebody who, uh, on my particular journey, which was... uh, I was an actress for 10 years, and then during that time, I, w- I also was a screenwriter. I uh, was a writer very young, and, but became an actress and uh, sold a screenplay while I was acting, and that kind of turned things around for me, and I felt very um, connected to storytelling, if you will, and that took me on a continued journey, again, the deepening of the psycho-spiritual journey which led me to realize that I, I, I have always wanted to help people, and I did in my own way along the way on my journey, but that, I, that it culminated to becoming a life coach, and I, I felt very strongly that, that was my calling was to help others in the best mm-hmm. way possible. And,
2: you know, I think there, you bring up an interesting point, that I think there are lots of ways to help people, that are not necessarily the traditional helping professions, if you will. Right. You know, and even, as you mentioned, as an actress, as a screenwriter, those are also ways that you can touch people's lives in a meaningful right. way.
3: Yes, that's really nice to hear you say that. And I agree with you. I, You know, I think when we recognize the intentions behind what we do, mm-hmm. you know, that I think that there are so many things that we can do that are in service to others and there's so many beautiful ways to do that. I, you know, uh, people who work in labor and being an actress and being a writer, I think that when you're very clear about what your intentions are and that is to help others, then it makes whatever we do special and meaningful to us in our lives, knowing mm-hmm. that that it is in fact helping other people. And that's how I felt and yes i mean even as an actress you know you you feel like you want to touch other people's hearts by being a part of storytelling and that storytelling is you know an ancient way of us feeling connected and i did feel that way when i wanted to be an actress i wanted to uplift people's spirits i wanted to make them laugh i mm-hmm. wanted to make them feel all sorts of things so I remember feeling that as a young girl. That was a great part of my inspiration. Mm
2: -hmm. And, you know, just what you mentioned about being connected, I think that in so many ways, that's what's so powerful for all of us, that whatever our role is, whether as a psychologist, as a life coach, uh, you know, as an actress, whatever it may be, if we can feel a a sense of connectedness to whoever it may be that we're with. That's what can serve as a foundation for helping others.
3: Absolutely, and I think that, you know, everything that people do all around us, you know, there is that very deep sense of connectedness that we have at the core. And I feel that when I go out in my day and I'm encountering all sorts of people because we're interacting daily,
2: Mm -hmm. you know,
3: whether we're pumping our gas or we're having somebody a wait on us in a restaurant or you know how we all connect and we interact and I think the appreciation of what we all do and also having the appreciation of what we do and what we're giving out whether it's a smile or a kindness or somebody lets you know lets you go in front of them during very busy traffic mm-hmm. this is what we do and when we you know, come from a, from a place of kindness and compassion, we really do touch each other's lives daily.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. And, and you know, I, I think that's a nice segue into beginning to talk about mindfulness. Yes. You know, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about what mindfulness is and why it's important to practice it in our lives?
3: Mindfulness is a 2,500-year-old Buddhist practice it has been around for a very long time, but you don't have to be a Buddhist to practice it. It is not religious. It's a quality that is inherent in all of us. And what that means is that it's about being present in the moment that you are in right now with total awareness. And when we're present and when we're mindful, we are very much cognizant of everything around us, people, things, situations. And by being mindful and by practicing mindfulness, we are not only able to connect to the meaning of our own lives in the moment of which we are living it, but we are also being very caring of others. So it really heightens and enhances the quality of our lives and the difficulty I think, about mindfulness, you know, because first of all, it's great. It's becoming very much into the mainstream, and we're hearing about mindfulness daily, mm-hmm. and that's very exciting. And it's a very simple, straightforward skill that can be developed. The, the only thing that gets in the way of it is when we step outside of the moment that we are in. Mm-hmm. And we certainly know that we do that a lot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're either thinking about yesterday, which is the past, and that has come and gone, or somewhere in the future, which has not yet occurred. So the key, really, for mindfulness, the practice of it is rather, as I said, straightforward and simple. It's staying in the present that is the hardest part.
2: Right, of course, yes. And, and coming right back to it, I, I, I think that what I look two is just okay, I I just went off and now I can just come right back to it and keep coming right back to it.
3: Exactly. And you know what? That is a form of mindfulness because being aware when we're out of the moment, like what you just said, Mm -hmm. oh hey, I'm you know, I'm I'm somewhere else, I'm not here, I'm not present and when we're not present, if we can even have an awareness of that as an observer or the witness of ourselves, mm-hmm. gently and kindly, I might add, because that's really an integral part of mindfulness, is to be kind and loving to ourselves, is to bring ourselves gently back into the into the moment that we're in. Ooh, okay, let me be here right now,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and by being here right now, I'm here talking to you. I'm here, you know, paying attention to whatever it is we're doing, and we really give it 100%.
2: And it's that gentle, kind part that's the tough part, I think. It's, it's probably harder to always remember to bring yourself back in a gentle and kind way than it is to actually stay in
3: the moment. Yeah, you know, and like, you know, not only recognizing when, we t- when we're out of the moment and to give ourselves that friendly reminder, like, hello, mm-hmm. where am I? I'm, I'm not in the moment here. But also sometimes it meets with, you know, a disgruntled response from somebody that we're with because they can say, you know, God, you're not even paying attention to me. Where are you? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you're so distracted. You know, people tend to say that to one another out of frustration. So, you know, we don't want it to get to that point. And, And if, in fact, that is said to us or we say it to ourselves, we can say to ourselves, hmm, I need to be back into paying attention to what I'm doing here right now, or if someone says that to us, we can say, you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. Thank you. Thank you Mm -hmm. for for pulling me back into this moment. I was distracted, and I was thinking about something else, and I'm back. I'm here.
2: Right, right. And is that part of uh, the meditation techniques that you teach?
3: Mindfulness meditation is one and the same. Mindfulness meditation is really practicing mindfulness. It's sitting and being mindful through meditation so basically what it is is it's you know taking the time in your day to practice it you know the key really is to practice it in all moments of our lives you know to take it off the meditation pillow but it's a great place to bring yourself to because you know we get caught up in the busyness of our day so if you can in in, to integrate and incorporate mindfulness meditation or any kind of meditation in your day that really does allow for mindfulness to take place. It's, it's, it's doing it deliberately, if you will. So I, I highly recommend that uh, for people to spend time, you know, at least 10, 20 minutes is great in your day to be practicing some type of quietude, stillness, meditation, and this is really just surrendering and allowing for mindfulness to be with you.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's such a beautiful concept of just surrender, because we don't do that easily. Yeah. You know, I mean, most of us don't, at least. And um, we're getting ready to take a short break here. And maybe as we do so, maybe our listeners can just take a couple of deep breaths and center for the moment and be mindful of, uh, just for two minutes, just be mindful of what's happening in this moment, and we'll be right back with my guest, Aura Nedrich. Be right back.
0: your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
1: Whatever the issue, you can clear that obstacle and come out swinging. Welcome to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Santacola. On today's show, we will feature guest experts. Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit DrSanicola.com. Again, that's DrSanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show.
2: Welcome back, everybody. I hope you all had a moment or so of mindfulness. And as we come back, we are speaking today with my guest, Aura Nadridge, author of the new book, Says Who? How One Simple Question Can Change the Way You Think Forever. So with that, Aura, maybe we can talk a little bit about this book and the question, Says Who? So can you tell us more about it, please?
3: Well, Says Who just came out uh, nationwide in January. It's very exciting. It's out into the world, as you said. And it's a book about thought transformation. I've created a very unique, original method to question and challenge our negative and fear-based thoughts.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, you know, we think um, approximately forty to 70,000 thoughts a day a lot that's a lot of thinking that's a whole lot of thinking going on <laughs> and you know quite a few of those thoughts don't serve our well-being
2: yeah i know? would say most of them probably don't <laughs> Thank serve you our i'm well-being.
3: being kind of a little bit you know yeah conservative but yeah. yes most that is true i was i was going to say depending on someone you know it's a very individual thing your your thinking process but i think for the most for the most part we can relate to the fact that there are a lot of negative thoughts that come through our our thinking mind daily and says who is something that can change that this method can change the way you think it's part of that that description of the book that it can change the way you think forever By using this questioning process, you really do start to think of your uh, thoughts in a very, very new and different way.
2: So where do you think most of our negative thoughts come from?
3: I think that, you know, I think it's part of the thinking process. I mean, I think that we come from beings that are hunters and gatherers, and, you know, we're used to, you know, survival, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to protect our survival and going out there and... So, you know, I, without getting too scientific and, and you know, dissecting the brain and the way it works, but I feel that part of what's in the thinking mind is that fight-or-flight mm-hmm. ability that we have, that when we're in danger, we go there, but we don't really live our lives like that today. You know, we're right. not out in the jungle, we're not out, you know, trying to hunt for food, and... You know, anticipating that a saber-toothed tiger is going to jump out of nowhere and and try and attack us and and kill us. But yet, we do function that way still. So Mm -hmm. in my book, I have the chapter even on fear. And really being able to understand the natural survival instincts that fear can be useful for. And when it's not, and how our thinking thoughts sometimes are based on fear. And and what I said prior is that it's because we're anticipating the future, which has not yet happened, or we're trying to undo or or fix the the past which has already happened. And I think a lot of our anxiety and a lot of our fear is the fear of the unknown, Mm -hmm. the fear of a lot of the negative things we tell ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'm going to fail. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable, do you know? And there's a lot of I don't deserve it.
2: <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. I think um, if I recall correctly, you identified seven different types of thoughts.
3: Yes, I do. I really basically selected seven essential thoughts that I felt were really key in answering ourselves in questioning our thoughts so we can get the answers that we need. I say in my book that our thoughts are trying to tell us something. And those negative and fear-based thoughts want us to know something. They want to be understood so that we can work through them and release them so that they don't have such a strong hold on our lives and you know cause us to be unable to fulfill our desires and goals.
2: Right. And I think oftentimes the Thoughts that we have sort of fly by so rapidly that people aren't used to taking a look to see what they are, where they come from. They may just notice the feeling that comes as a result of the thought. Exactly. I may realize, oh, I'm angry or I'm upset or I'm stressed, whatever it is, but not recognizing that it's directly connected to the thought that I just had.
3: Absolutely. And sometimes you don't even know what the thought is because you're so taken over by the emotion. And, you know, thoughts create feelings, create behavior. I mean, you know, connecting those dots. And I think that, you know, what happens when you start to use the says-who method, the questions, you start to become much more aware of that when you're feeling an emotion like anger or sadness, that you can really connect that to a thought. And by questioning that thought, or even trying to discover what it is through maybe an emotion, you can work through it, and you Mm -hmm. can decide if you want to keep it, or if you want to let it go.
2: And really, that's the the basis of the process that you take people through. Do I want to keep this thought or not?
3: Yes, exactly. Beginning Mm -hmm. with says who, which is the very first question. Says who? Who is saying this thought in my mind? Is it me, or have I heard this thought said by someone else and taken it on as my own?
2: Mm -hmm. Like something that, you know, we may have heard a parent say repeatedly when we were kids, that kind of
3: thing. And I think that all of us, you know, what's been really... Great with the says who method and the feedback that I've gotten from people and also by working with my clients is connecting to a thought that we carry around and have carried around for a long time and recognizing it through those first two questions says who and have I heard this thought said by someone else is that many people connect even for the first time that they've been walking around for a very very long time with a thought they heard from someone else growing up be it a parent a teacher an authority figure or the bully on the schoolyard when you were in third grade Mm -hmm. you know is to connect it to when you first heard that thought and when you took it on as your own or when you first had that thought that was that was created in your own mind, you know, to be able to get to the moment when that really took place for you and took hold in your mind, and you have not been able to let it go, and have been carrying it around for so long. And it has caused you tremendous suffering and pain and unhappiness.
2: And I think just the way you said that when it took hold in your mind, Mm -hmm. because I think that's, that's, usually the way people feel about it. It's not like they don't experience themselves as having a moment of decision, but more like, well, it just took hold.
3: Yes, exactly. And, you know, you can connect to that. You can, you know, if you work through this process and you're able to give yourself the opportunity to find out and not push it away. And, you know, another thing about the thoughts that we have if we don't work through them and we don't investigate them and we don't have a type of inquiry which my method is it, we can push it down into our subconscious i go i go a lot into that into my book and the thing about pushing it down or pushing it away is that it will come back around it's mm-hmm. not going to it's not going to leave it's going to stick around and it will come out in a myriad of ways so I, I think it's, it's a lot more helpful and healthy to meet it, to face it, to mm-hmm. see what it's about, to find out what it is and what it wants from you, and not to feel that you're um, held hostage by a thought that causes you tremendous unhappiness.
2: And do you happen to have any examples that you could share with us of, of something that's been particularly illuminating that perhaps someone revealed or that you yourself discovered? in that
3: process? Well, I'll share the story of really kind of how says-who took place. And I, and I go, I describe it in my book, and I'll share it with you now. And that is that um, I was seeing a client, and I, <clears throat> I talk about my own personal story, just to backtrack a little bit here, about how I had my own says-who moment, and it was very early on in my life where a thought took hold in my mind and caused me tremendous fear and suffering. I didn't have the says method available Mm -hmm. to me. I didn't even know that I could question that thought. It wasn't until many years later, obviously, when I became a life coach and I started to see clients that I saw a, a, a familiar pattern in my clients, and that was that they had a thought that would come up during the session for some people it's a thought that just comes up very much automatically in that moment for other people it's a thought that they've been like i said carrying around for a long time i had a client in particular who was on a very positive upward mobile trajectory in her life and starting a new business and she had she's a very creative woman and uh... she was sharing this uh... idea that she had for new business and it was really wonderful And during my session with her, out of the blue, she said, I'm afraid that I'm going to be homeless Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, destitute, and I'm not going to have any money. I'm I'm going to be penniless. And I thought to myself, wow, that's... Really fascinating. I feel like I'm in the presence of someone with two minds in Mm -hmm. front of me. Here's this mind that's being positive and proactive and talking about a new business, and all of a sudden a thought came out that was very fear-based and very much the opposite of this other positive desire that she has. And in that moment when she said that to me, I recognized how that had happened to me many years ago. Mm. And I thought, I know that. I know what just took place in her. A thought just took over in her mind. And I felt intuitively that that was a thought she had gotten from someone else. It was mm-hmm. just an instinct that I had. I could have been right. It could have been wrong. But I had this instinct that she'd heard that before mm-hmm. and that she'd been carrying around that thought. And in that moment when she said that to me, I literally blurted out to her, says who?
2: Ah, hmm Who
3: who said you're going to be homeless and Uh penniless and destitute?
2: Right.
3: Well, that just stopped her right in her tracks. And it was a big aha moment for me, and it was a big aha moment for her. Right.
2: Yeah. That's very powerful. And, uh, you know... it's such a powerful thought and then a powerful intervention that that helped her as well and um, we need to take another short break here so again please enjoy a moment of mindfulness and we'll be right back with my guest aura nadrich
1: On Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible?
3: When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own mighty gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanacola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit DrSanicola.com. Again, that's DrSanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show.
2: Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting today with my guest, Aura Nadrich, and she is helping us understand the importance of questioning our thoughts so that we can change our lives. And, you know, I appreciated so much that story that you shared with us, or it's profound, and I'm sure that it really helped that client that you're working with change her life. Um, but I I had another uh recollection as you were sharing with us and mine isn't nearly as profound and in fact it, it struck me at the time as kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember when I was in undergraduate school and so, you know, I was you know, twenty years old or whatever it was. And I had some things I wanted to do after class. And for some reason, I always felt like, well, I should just go home first and do this and do that. And I could go home and then I'd leave again. And it suddenly dawned on me that I was still carrying the thought, come straight home from school. And, you know, I was at UCLA. I'm 20 years old or whatever it is. I didn't need to come straight home from school. That's a great story. you know, that's what I was told to do as a a kid. And, of course, I was a good little girl and I came straight home from school. And so (laughs) so it took, you know, that amount of time for me to just recognize, now, wait just a minute here. You know, that's not necessary. Yeah. and even though that's not particularly profound, and we laugh about it now because you know it was funny, <laughs> um, it it still made a meaningful difference in my life.
3: Yeah, you know, absolutely. It, and, and I and I like that take on on you know really the same concept, if you will, because you know think of all the things that we do still tell ourselves, and if we can catch ourselves like that and go, oh, I don't have to think like that anymore. I'm not. I'm not 12 years old or right. I'm not this or I'm not that or that was way from my past and I'm not that person anymore you know you Makes it can be funny as well as profound
2: Right and and you know I had to sort of work backwards with you know the behavior it's like what what am I doing going home and <laughs> and then you know coming backwards to how that felt and it, I always felt like a twinge of anxiety if mm-hmm. I didn't go straight home from school mm-hmm. and then backing it up to to recognize the thought of come straight home from school
3: yeah and in you know, that moment then having yeah. the freedom
2: to change it
3: yeah, that's interesting because even when you just said a tinge of of a feeling, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. interesting that we sometimes have these tinges of feelings like mm-hmm. anxiety or guilt or whatever, and that is linked to a former time in our life. Yes. So the thought that can come up in the moment could be connected to that. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't do that because, you know, they'll think that I'm being selfish or... Mm-hmm. I have to be there for this person or do this for mm-hmm. for that person. You know, a lot of the roles that we take on are connected from our past.
2: And exactly. the thought
3: around that is from our past as well. Do you know? Right. So we'll get these tinges. I like that you said that. The tinge, you know, getting a mm-hmm. tinging feeling and um, that can dictate what we are or are not going to do.
2: Right. And you know, I knew I'd whatever it was, I knew I'd be in trouble as a kid if I didn't come home from, straight home from school, right, right. <laughs> you know, I, and I still carried that energy. Yes. And, you know, and that's what's so powerful, because as I said, even though it's a relatively small thing in the big picture of life. As we begin to examine those small things, they free up whatever energy is attached to them so Absolutely. that you can make a more conscious choice in the moment.
3: It, it really, Dr. Linda, that's so true because it's it's liberating. It's liberating mm-hmm. to release ourselves from the hold mm-hmm. of a thought that is out of our past that really doesn't hold true anymore. Right. You know, right. it doesn't apply to who we are today.
2: Exactly. You know,
3: and I go into that in the book as well. It's like who you are today may or may not be who you were even yesterday, let mm-hmm. alone 20 years ago.
2: Exactly. Or from exactly.
3: childhood for sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, I, I forgive me,
2: I don't recall, or is one of your questions, did you say, that does this thought serve me?
3: yes, does this thought work for me, which is really the same thing. Does this mm-hmm. thought work for you? You know, to be able to ask yourself like that, does this thought work for me? And if so, how? And if it's working for you in a positive way, great, keep on thinking it. But if it's a negative thought and it's not working for you, then you really want to ask yourself why you're holding on to a thought that isn't working for you. Mm-hmm. Do you know?
2: Do Do you find that Sometimes the thought that um, that people start with, say in my instance, come home straight home from school, if they're not sure that it's working or not working or there's some hesitancy in getting rid of it, that it's anchored to another thought that they need to go back to?
3: Sure. I mean, you know, the thinking mind, I mean, thoughts can certainly be connected to so many other thoughts and negativity does create more negative you know obviously more negativity which creates more negative thoughts or fear creates more fear so I do think to be able to isolate a particular thought to start with that or to Mm -hmm. ask yourself any of the seven questions one being that you mentioned does this thought work for me and if that answer is no this thought does not work for me you know and then you know one of the questions you know towards the end obviously is are you willing to let this thought go do you know you can ask yourself if you are and start with one particular thought, you know, start with maybe one that's pressing and one that's weighing heavily on you or one that's annoying you or one that just keeps, you know, not going away and keeps circling back around and you're like, okay, well, what, what is that thought? Why is it so annoying? Why is it so irritating to me? Let me ask myself these seven questions about this particular thought. thought with, start with one. And you're going to like this process. You're going to want to question a lot of your thoughts.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. There are always more to come. There are always more thoughts popping up daily.
2: Isn't that the truth? <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. There's no shortage of thoughts. <laughs> There's
2: no shortage. Floor. We can plow through those 50,000. <laughs> right, exactly. Take take your pick. Take your pick, exactly. And really, a, a lot of times what we're looking at also are patterns, patterns of mm-hmm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you think I'm not worthy, you probably think I don't deserve it, you know. Yes,
3: exactly. And, you know, those thoughts, you know, there are a myriad of thoughts that we tell ourselves daily. Um, I think there, you know, there's like a garden variety, and some of them are thoughts that, you know, many of us or all of us have thought at one point or another in our lives. I'm not Mm -hmm. good enough. I'm, you know, I'm stupid that's oh, like a yeah. universal thought. I mean, mm-hmm. hasn't everybody at one point or another in their lives thought they were, you know, stupid in yes. some way? Uh-huh.
2: that's such a common times,
3: one. Yeah, or people say to themselves just, you know, spontaneously, oh, I'm such an idiot. Oh, I'm so mm-hmm. stupid. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes you can say that not really thinking you're dumb per se, but these are things that we tell ourselves. And I don't really think we should take that lightly. I think you're right, yeah, because it's it's very powerful. Yeah, it is very powerful to say that to yourself. And it holds
2: a certain kind of energy that serves no good purpose.
3: It does. And just because you took the wrong street, you know, Mm -hmm. turned on the wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, your directions were wrong. You don't have to think you're stupid or you're an idiot. You just, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to be able to say, oh, okay. I'm going to turn back around, and I'll get this right. Mm-hmm.
2: You know? and I'm reminded of, of um, someone that I saw in my work a number of years ago who had very low self-esteem, and one of his issues was he carried that thought, I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. And he, in fact, was extremely intelligent. He was mm-hmm. at least in the top 2%. Yeah. And the only thing was, in his family... Everyone else was in the top 1%. Mm-hmm. So, he believed and carried his, the idea out into the world that he was stupid. And yeah. so, you know, we, th- your question of says who, you know, would have been extremely valuable for him to be able to use in that moment. Well, says all my family. Why? Yeah.
3: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And do I want to take that thought on as my own and believe it to be true? You know, right. to put it back where it belongs and not to carry on someone else's thought about yourself. Someone else's right. thought about you is not your thought, and nor should it be your thought or belief about yourself. And mm-hmm. I, I mentioned that. I, I also worked with a client, a, a man, also who grew up uh, thinking he was stupid, and he was made to feel that way at school. And uh, it just was said to him by a couple of different people. And he had a very bad experience at school and carried that for a very long time until he got, you know, a, a series of aptitude tests to show that he had a very high IQ mm-hmm. and he en- ended up becoming a successful author. And, you know, it's, it's time to set that story straight. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's time mm-hmm. to rethink, quote unquote, wh- who you are. Mm -hmm. today. And who you are today, as I said, is not maybe who you were yesterday. And another thing I mention in the book is there are so many things that are said to us when we're growing up. Things like what we're saying. You're stupid. You're an idiot. You're clumsy. You're absent-minded. You can't uh, do anything right. You can't do anything right. And think about how that thought gets stored away until you change that thought, until you update it. You know, we update our computers, mm-hmm. we upload new programs, and I say, let's do the same to our thinking minds."
2: Yeah, quite frankly, I think there ought to be some uh, track, if you will, starting in kindergarten mm-hmm. to help kids learn some of these skills that are related to emotional intelligence,
3: Absolutely. and so they
2: can feel better about themselves and learn how to question their thoughts from Definitely, the beginning. Yes.
3: I, I, I do talk about bullying in my book as well, and I talk about, you know, you know it's such a says who, because, you know, it, it, long ago it used to be, uh, sticks. what was it, sticks and stones?
2: Sticks and um, stones may break my bones, yeah.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Well, today I think kids should be on the playground going, says who? Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. When
3: someone says to them, you're this and you're that, or whatever they say to each other, stand up for right. yourself and say, says who? No, I don't believe that's true. I'm not going to take your thought about me as true, because I don't believe it. That's not who I am.
2: You know, and I think that's the uh, uh, genesis of an anti-bullying campaign for the mm-hmm. schools, Nora.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, want to, I want to get that out there into the schools. I, I do do a whole chapter on that, and I feel very strongly about it, because these are the things that do start in childhood. I mean, we all can relate to things that were said to us in childhood, mm-hmm. that very first thing, you know, that really just, it felt like, you know, somebody had just punched us in the stomach mm-hmm. and said something so hurtful and so mean, you mm-hmm. know, and this is what starts to happen with children at a very early age. And, you know, if you're sensitive, you know, it can be just heartbreaking. It and is. It, it can wreak havoc with your self-esteem.
2: hmm And it usually lies dormant there and and just colors everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's so painful for kids. And on that note, we need to take another break, and we'll be right back with my guest, Aura Nadrich. Be right back. (laughs)
0: to your fullest potential this is the voice america empowerment channel
1: are you happy with your financial life or are you like most people underachieving with your income working your tail off without the rewards you deserve are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again hitting an inner set point perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again are your finances a source of peace or stress Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible?
0: Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.
1: You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit DrSanicola.com. Again, that's DrSanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show.
2: Welcome back, everyone. We are visiting today with my guest, Aura Nadrich, author of her new book, says who, how one simple question can change the way you think forever. And as we we're discussing, you change the way you think, you will change your life. Um, you know, I like to start this segment, or with really thanking you for your time and your wisdom today, and it, it's been a, a delight to speak with you about oh. your ideas and your concepts and everything that's expressed in your book.
3: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
2: My pleasure and, and I want to make sure people know where can they buy your book.
3: My book is out. You can go you, know, you can order it online on any of the, the book outlets, you know Barnes okay. and Noble, Amazon, your bookstores, your local bookstore should have them or be able to order them.
2: Okay. And how about if they want to find you as a life coach or they have questions and follow up
3: for you, how can uh, they find they you? They can my my website is auranadrich.com. Uh, they can email me at aura or a life coach and you know send me a send me a note on that. Um, most of my social media is just my name auranadrich. Uh, uh, says who on Facebook and also ask Aura or a Life Coach. Uh, Instagram, or Adrich, LinkedIn, all of the social media, my name, Oren Adrich. Mm-hmm. That
2: makes it easier to remember. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And that's O-R-A. It's O-R-A, yes. For those yes. that don't know how I spell my name, it is O-R-A. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh-huh. And I, I'm going to share with you a little technique that one of my guests taught me about a year ago. And it was really fun. And, you know, her name... Um, started with F. And so, she when I asked her to let people know, you know, she was starting to do that usual thing, F as in Frank, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And um, she said, at one point, someone said to her, why are you doing it that way? And she showed her a new way to spell their names. And like, for yours, aura would be O as in outstanding, R (laughs) as in real, You know, A is an amazing. No! I like that. Isn't that fun? Dr.
3: Linda, I'm going to use that.
2: Yeah, it's so (laughs) much fun, and it totally changes the energy around a simple task of spelling our name for people.
3: Yes, and those are all three positive things to say, I might
2: add. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's the key. It's like think about the most the most interesting, exciting, enthusiastic, whatever it is, way Exactly. What a great little
3: exercise. And everybody can go out and practice that today. Like take your name, break it down letter by letter, and use these wonderful, descriptive, positive, life affirming adjectives
2: exactly exactly so I I always get a kick out of that and then I don't ever want to put anybody on the spot by making them do it themselves so that's why I do it for them well, thank you so much for that <laughs> You're, you are welcome and you know in our, our last few minutes I, I would like to end on a, a positive note if you will about how changing our thoughts really can help us reach our goals and create the life that we want can you say a few words about that
3: Yes, of course. You know, when we think positive thoughts and we feel good about ourselves, we really can feel an energy about that. And that what that does is it really allows for us to be the best of who we are. You know, that's what your show's about.
2: Exactly. And
3: by working on that and using something like the Says Who Method to really keep your thoughts consistent and that if you slip bring it right back into that positive thought that can support you to go out and create the life you want. I say in my book, we are the creators and masters of our inner dialogue, which creates our reality. So Mm -hmm. make your inner dialogue something wonderful. Be creative, be imaginative, but most importantly, be positive. And Mm -hmm. you can create and manifest the life that you want.
2: You know, I have a a technique that I often use with people if they suffer from a lot of uh, worry or anxiety, and I tell them, you know, if you're going to worry, if you're going to spend that energy, why not worry positive? Yeah. And it, instead of thinking, oh, what if this happens? That might go wrong, blah, blah, blah. What if you say, what if this is the best day of my life? What right. if something amazing happens? What if I have the most wonderful experience? You know, what right. if I make all green lights driving to my next appointment
3: or, exactly. or whatever it is? Exactly. Yeah. And be, it be in the moment that you're in and make it the best moment that it can be.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, take it moment by moment. You know, I say, you know, do something in that moment. Look out the window. You know, look at something or think of something. You could even think a beautiful thought in the moment that you're in right now. Mm-hmm. And this is part of the positive thinking that you start to cultivate, taking it moment by moment. And most importantly, go easy on yourself. Be gentle.
2: Be you know, kind there's that, and there's be that kind and gentle thing again. <laughs> yes.
3: Be compassionate. Love yourself up. hmm Mm-hmm. You know, you're worth it.
2: Yeah. And that is, that. Is, I just think that that's one of the hardest things for most of us to do. Yeah. You know,
3: well, and again, care.
2: I have people practice out loud at home. You know, they can do it when nobody can listen and might hear some of those wonderful things Absolutely. they say about themselves.
3: <laughs> Change that negative thought to a positive thought. I am not lovable. I am lovable. Right. You right. know, switch and- it out. You can do that. Go One of the it. things
2: that I like about your book is that you actually have a step-by-step process where you have people write things down.
3: Yes, it's in the and, workbook. Yeah. And
2: yeah, and I think that's so powerful and and the process of writing that down aim, it aids in the clarity and also aids in the consistency and the accountability.
3: Exactly. And seeing it on paper sometimes gives us just a more of a clear picture of what our thoughts in our mind look like,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: and how Mm -hmm. we can change them. And when you start to see that on paper, you know, affirmatively, and start Mm -hmm. to see what I call the release and replace, release a negative thought and replace it with a positive one, and write it down, even if it's two columns. Yes. Switch out the I'm not to I am something positive, or I won't to I will, or I can't to I can
2: Yes, I mean, those are, those are really powerful techniques. They're simple, but I think they're powerful and very mm-hmm. useful for people. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> once again, I want to thank you for your time today, or I've oh, enjoyed it very you. much. Thank you so and, much, so um, did I. It's been a pleasure. <clears throat> and I hope everyone, I hope you will all uh, join me next week as I welcome Dr. And Reverend Cheryl Ward, who's Dean of the Agape University at the Agape Spiritual Center, to the show, and we are going to be talking about the topic of love. What is love? What is real love? And to keep up on show news, please visit and like my Facebook page, which is facebook.com/forward/slash/dr.Linda.Sanacola. Santacola, doctor Linda Santacola. and today. I leave you with the words of author Michael Singer, who said, The only thing you really want from life is to feel enthusiasm, joy, and love. And if you can feel that all the time, then really who cares about what happens outside? So thank you all for listening, and I'll see you all next week.
3: and management.